0: Sometimes we are very discouraged and downhearted that we have to fight so hard as though we're starting all
1: over again. Welcome to The Industrialized Woman, a podcast mini series opening up the discussion to everyday women who have faced challenges in the workplace. It is currently a three episode arc focused on women in leadership, motherhood, and racial discrimination. Today's episode, female leaders. Our discussion guests include a great family friend of mine, Rachel Martin, who is an OR nurse, alongside one of my former retail managers, Annika Michelle, an entertainment host. The other person on the line here is Annika. She was my awesome manager. Hi.
2: Hi.
1: And this is Rachel. She's a good family friend.
0: Oh, nice! Hi, nice to meet you, or Amy. Nice Maybe to meet e- to you, you. too. I just like your voice. Just oh, picture a God. total babe. Yes, I got you.
1: I got you. Just stunning.
0: <laughs> I feel it. I love yes. it.
1: Thanks, y'all, for joining today. So, I want to bring both of you in to talk about leadership. So, I'd, I'd like to take a moment for each of you to take a turn just to talk about who you are, what's your story. And you know, what do you what do you do for a career? How'd you get there maybe? Just whatever you feel is important to share your identity with listeners. Okay, so I was a touring
0: retail manager and I well I started with like Disney shows first with like Aladdin and Oh my gosh. Frozen. I'm like, what's the other Disney show? (laughs) Aladdin and Frozen. And then I did Hamilton. And then they offered me position touring as a manager with friends experience, which I had so much fun. As you know, we had a lot of fun working together. I went state to state with friends. I did three stops with friends. I did Atlanta, Dallas, and oh my gosh, Arizona. Um, And then I switched over to the Dear Evan Hansen musical, which just closed on Broadway yesterday, actually, ironically. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. I met some amazing people. So we had to, like, go to each city, hire people, scout people. Um, Sometimes I would even go on college campuses and talk to college kids just to see if they wanted a job. Because believe it or not, a lot of people did not want to work. So finding people was a bit of a struggle. Yeah, hiring people, training people, working the store. I would say it was the kind of manager that didn't really go sit in the office all day. I would just work with you guys. I was like a hands-on manager, I would think. If there was work to be done, I'm not the kind of person to be like, you guys do it, I'm just going to go sit down, you know? So, yeah, just everything, setting up the whole store, making sure it looks okay, restocking, counting, inventory, I mean, you were an amazing help in all of this, but oh, no thanks. Anything <laughs> else I'm missing? No, running the yeah. whole store, helping p- customers with merchandise, just doing it
1: all, doing it all. You know, mm-hmm. oh. all right. Thank you. And then, Rachel, if you want to okay. go ahead and take the stand.
2: So I would say, initially, leadership didn't come naturally to me. I started out in the intensive care unit as a nurse there right out of school, which is where you go if you have a good GPA. They always try to push you towards the ICU, and you can become a nurse anesthetist after that, which is a little bit of a nursing leadership position. But I kind of found that it wasn't for me because I would take work home with me. So we would take care of people after gunshot wounds, strokes, traumatic back surgeries, things of that nature, and I just would keep thinking about it even when I wasn't at work. So I transferred to the post-anesthesia care unit, taking care of people after surgery. And at my facility, I worked there for five years and then transferred into the operating room where I've been for about four years. I've become an expert. Basically, I can do every single surgery line that we offer. I know all the surgeon's preferences. I know how to find everything. I know what, how to run a code and save patients in an emergency. I have actually been responsible for training all of the new nurses that come through. So that's educating them on sterility, uh, body mechanics, um, how to help an anesthesiologist save someone when you can't get an airway, things of that nature. And then uh, I rock climb. And so I tore my triangular fibrocartilage complex recently and so my manager said that I was too valuable to be off work for the length of time that it required to heal so um, while it was healing I trained my own operating room coordinator how to do all of our surgeries, use the computers, how to talk to our surgeons, their preferences, what rooms they like, where all the emergency supplies are. So basically I trained my boss Um, And then when she's on vacation, I step into her role.
1: Obviously, y'all have a lot of experience and have worked in different roles, which is a great diversity for the discussion. I would like to ask each of you how you personally define leadership.
2: I can think of a good example that happened at work. Um, Sure. I think leadership is showing people it's okay to make difficult or hard decisions and still come out fine on the other side. We had an issue at the hospital once where our sterilizers were down. As a result, there was a residue developing on the instruments. And one of the surgeons was pressuring us to do the surgery anyway. And so I just said, uh, no, I, I refuse. And when they asked a less experienced nurse if they wanted to do it instead, they were like, well, if Rachel wouldn't do it, then I wouldn't do it either. So yeah, I think it's uh, standing up for not only the people you work with, but also um, helping them to make decisions that might not have a clear answer.
1: I think that's wonderful. Thank you for sharing. Yeah. Um,
2: I would say for me,
0: I think what makes someone like a good leader, leading by example, And treating your staff with like respect. We've all, I'm sure, had horrendous bosses. I know I've had a few really bad bosses. I mean, probably more than a few, what am I saying? Um, Mm -hmm. So I can probably count on one hand how many bosses that I've had that I've actually like looked up to in a way, you know, and really liked. So we've all had horrible bosses, just don't be that. Don't, just treat (laughs) others how you'd want to be treated in the workplace. We're all human beings. We're all there to, like, be on the same team. So let's work together. Everyone has bad days and good days. But, you know, keep it as positive as you can for your team. And keep the morale up. Respect people. And just make it fun. Like, work doesn't have to be a daunting thing that we have to go do for eight hours a day and be a drag. It could be a fun place as well. comes down from you, you know? Mm -hmm,
1: Because definitely, I know I have, had some bosses I didn't like. And Annika yeah. probably my favorite, to be Aww, honest. <laughs> you're, so, you're so much. I mean, like look at
0: the things that we did, the things we did, like Larry and Terry, like just you guys. Honestly, made it fun, and and I would give you know. Technically, these shifts were not supposed to be eight-hour shifts. They were supposed to be four to six. And I said, mm-hmm. absolutely not. We can't find people. I can't afford to give them four to six-hour shifts. <laughs> They're here for seven to eight hours, <laughs> maybe even 10. I don't know. But, um, you know, I try to schedule people as close to 40 if they wanted it as possible, um, mainly because, yeah, we obviously needed the coverage. But also, to be fair, if you guys weren't fun people, I would be like, mm, no, you know, we had one person that didn't work with us very long. So, yeah. you know, but once I think everyone else all got along with each other as far as i saw and all Mm -hmm. all seem to like each other and and like coming into work and i think that just makes it so much better you know it just makes eight hours go by faster it just makes the day better everyone's in a happier mood
1: definitely
0: yeah it was it was fun i miss those adventures honestly
1: I know. Hopefully we'll have some again. I know. It was fun. It was fun. (laughs) Both of you talked on some great points about defining leadership. And what I heard was you have to be an example. I think, you know, hands on doing the work that your employees do is very important. And then not being afraid to make those risky choices, even if someone above you might belittle you or think you're being dumb for making that choice, because it definitely sets an example for those who are less experienced than you are so I definitely love the things y'all had to say on that moving more into our theme of women in the workplace I think a challenge women face is how to be respected accepted and a successful leader in the long run do either of you have any thoughts on that stigma
0: I was just saying like I'm the kind of person that kind of stands my ground so like I don't let people kind of like walk all over me. And I'm, I'm not saying most people do. I'm just giving you like my example. Sure. So, I don't let people's like opinions or like oh, a girl shouldn't be doing this job or what like a guy should be like no. Let's just we're all here. Let's do this. It doesn't ma- it doesn't matter guy or girl. Like we're doing this. And I guess to sort of give an example that's not work related but sort of life related in this sense. Mm-hmm. I just told you earlier, I just came from Barry's boot camp and it's like a killer class. I go like five days a week, but, uh, I tell, you know, I tell my friends here to come with me. I was like, come work out. Let's go to Barry's boot camp. None. I have a lot of girlfriends and guy friends and none of my, none of my girlfriends will come to class with me. Everyone's like, nope, nope, nope. And it's so funny because there's 50 spots in the class. So 50 people can be taking the class at the same time. And it's always full. Like, Today's class was fifty people in class, and I was one of two girls.
1: It wow. was me and another
0: girl, and it was what forty-eight guys. Mm-hmm. Because it's just such a tough class that it's like girls just do not last, or they come, they'll stay for like ten minutes and then they're done because it's just so hard. And so they're like, nope, none of my friends will come with me, no matter how much I've asked. I said it's a free class, blah blah, blah. they won't come. But it's just like that. I think translates also into the workplace where it's like I'm not intimidated by like. A thing of men or like oh it's all guys you shouldn't be doing this or you know what I mean like I'm like no Mm -hmm. I want to do this I'm going to go do it like it doesn't matter to me that no other girl wants to come it doesn't matter that it's me and another girl in class you know definitely yeah translates to kind of all aspects of
1: life. I can't believe only it was only you and one other girl yes, in that class. Always, what the heck? Always,
0: <laughs> always. There's hardly any girls that
1: come. Oh. Hardly.
0: Like I think at the most I've ever seen at one class was like five of us, including me. So me and four other girls. Wow. But it but there's fifty spots. So when you think about fifty spots and only five girls and forty five guys, like well it's- <laughs> it's a it's a very outnumbered uh class
1: mm-hmm. but it's mm-hmm. so
0: tough that they just don't make it like they mm-hmm. just and like when I describe it to my friends to say come with me they're like absolutely not
1: you're crazy mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and like I said like you're just not intimidated by that and you're just going to go get what you want and you kind of go for your dreams and it doesn't matter who, what people think, or oh, you shouldn't be here. It's only guys, and that, that, you know.
1: Hmm.
0: So just and I know a lot of my friends will yeah. not come because of that. They'll be like, "Oh, there's not enough girls. I'm not going." It's like, what difference does it make?
2: You're there to sweat. Who cares if there's girls or <laughs> guys?
1: Yeah, just throw out all the gender stereotypes if you yeah, no need for exactly. it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly.
2: So, I would say that my biggest struggle. Um, becoming a female leader is the tendency, just growing up, because I was more of a, a quieter person, a shy person, someone that didn't want to rock the boat. When, when women kind of adopt those aggressive or more direct, affirmative attitudes, sometimes you get called things like bossy, or, or you get called can I cuss on this? I don't
1: know. Yeah, go for it. (laughs) Or
2: Yeah. Or you get called a a bitch. So I think my greatest problem that I had to overcome, and it took me a while in my 30s now, I would say in the last few years, I've gotten better at this, but is overcoming that worry that, oh my gosh, am I being bossy? Am I being bitchy? Because at the end of the day, that's not what what matters. What matters is that we're doing the safest thing for the patient. And, And in order to make that happen, I do have to stand up to surgeons. I have to tell them no, I have to get yelled at or you know, uh, pressured by a lot of men because to be honest with you, most of the surgeons I work with are male. So it it has been a struggle overcoming that power inherent power dynamic and you really do have to become a bossy woman to do that and understand that it's not anything negative. It's just being assertive to get what you want, which is honestly, what men get to do without stigma.
1: Yes, thank you for sharing. So moving from that, the next thing I want to go into was something that Forbes had published. They said that female CEOs illustrate greater empathy, adaptability, and diversity more frequently than male peers. Although being empathetic and ready to compromise have had a negative stigma in the workplace, Forbes states that these qualities of leadership are more praised now than ever. In fact, empathetic leaders have more innovative and productive teams and likely to retain talent. So from that quote, it seems like female leadership deserves more discussion upon this. Do you think women are better leaders in this day and age? Or do you believe that leadership should have more of these qualities that women just happen to intertwine into their skills more than men?
2: I think, um, you know, a lot of people have come through our, our surgical hospital, and once they get here, they tend to stay, and I do think that's because we have strong female leaders that our understanding of Uh, life problems that can happen and affect your performance or make you maybe a little more forgetful that way. So they give you extra help. I think all of those things do help retain employees. So I could see how that would be a boon in this day and age when people are going through a lot of emotional problems with COVID and rising costs and things of that nature. Having an empathetic boss that will work with you to keep you there is really an asset.
1: Mm -hmm. Definitely.
0: Yeah, I agree with her. I mean, like, I feel like if someone can't empathize with you, then they just are kind of, like, not putting them in themselves in your shoes. They mm-hmm. can relate to you more if they're more empathetic to you. They're able to, like, kind of understand what you're going through, and that is a sign for a great leader.
1: Definitely. And I definitely had that firsthand experience with you, Annika. Aww, anything thanks. happening. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You're always there for it. <laughs> yeah,
0: it's uh... – it was honestly i had a blast with you guys i lucked out with y'all i really did i mean not just sp- like i think i lucked out with all my teams honestly but you guys definitely i will say hands down wanted to do way more activities and than- arizona didn't want to do anything
1: no and i was
0: like where's texas
2: <laughs> where are my pizza who like to go out it was oh. too hot
1: oh my god uh well, we're coming to the close of my questions for the day. One of the last things I would like to ask y'all is if you have any more advice for women in the workplace or even more specifically women becoming leaders.
0: So I saw this like not, I guess, quote, but I, I read this thing that said like women will not apply to jobs if they don't match every single one of the job description, like, uh-huh. or, like requirements or whatever. They won't even send their application in unless they fit all 100% of them. Men will apply if they even fit two out of the 50 requirements. They're like, oh, I can type. I have a laptop applying. And it's like, that's why there's more men in these kind of like leadership positions, I feel like, because they just don't. And my friend said something to me. She said, don't say no to yourself. You not sending the application is you're just already saying no. You're not even giving yourself a chance to get the job. She's like, you send the application and you let them decide. You let them say yes or no. Don't already close yourself off because you've only matched eight out of the ten requirements. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I would say be more like, you can do it, just send it. Just send it. And you never know because some people will be like, wow, okay, they can do this many things. They have this experience. We want to work with this person. Like, it doesn't even matter, you know? So I think that we need to embrace that of, like, applying to things, even if we don't think we're 100% qualified for it. Guys don't think that they're even 5% qualified and they're applying. So why
1: shouldn't we? I agree. I'm definitely guilty of that. I was Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> During yeah. my recent job searches, I would scroll through Indeed and go, well, I, I don't have those three things. Never mind. Yep. yep. <laughs> And see, guys are like, well, we only
0: have one thing. Let me just send it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The confidence. That's that's the thing. It's like you just need to just do it. You not sending it is in turn telling yourself, no, like, I'm not Mm going to get this. I'm not good enough for this. I'm not. I don't have the qualifications for this. But it's like, no, send Mm -hmm. it and let them figure it out. You don't know what resumes they're getting.
1: Right. You might be the the top dollar resume. Exactly. You don't know what they're getting.
0: (laughs) Also, like, we're all human. We all have to work to live, you know, make it fun and make it a fun experience. Make the most of it. Yeah, exactly.
2: I would say the best way to practice developing those assertive qualities, if they don't come naturally to you, is to start practicing it in your personal life. If you see something that you don't like or... Someone was wrong. That you know, speak up for them and advocate for them, and you'll you'll be able to do that in the workplace as well. And same with yourself. You know, um, don't let people walk all over you. Make sure you make your opinions known. And I think once you can get that down in your personal relationships, it'll be even easier to do it in more intimidating situations at the workplace.
1: Mm-hmm. I think that's very true. That's good. Well. Thank you guys so much for taking the time to talk with me about these things. Is there anything else you guys would like to add? I
0: think you're going to be a great leader.
1: No. Um, one day you definitely, you definitely have
0: all the qualifications uh, for it. You would be an awesome boss.
1: You're so sweet, Annika. Thank you. Yeah,
2: of I'd course. let you tell me what to do, Cat.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> <laughs> i appreciate it y'all are so sweet well thank so, you have a good rest of your day you too. Nice thank you, you so much all right bye 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 <laughs> bye thank you for listening to today's episode for additional information and resources please go to bit, that's B-I-T dot forward slash t-w-i podcast there, you can access full transcripts of each episode as well as mentioned resources and references in relation to each episode. Today's intro featured a recording of Patsy Mink provided by C-SPAN. Patsy Mink is a powerful member of the AAPI community as the first woman of color elected to Congress. This notable leader is known for co-writing the Title IX Amendment. See more about her on our website at bit. That's bit.ly.com forward slash TWI podcast resources. The intro and outro music is a track called Something About Something by Sarah the Instrumentalist, made available through epidemicsound.com. That's E-P-I-D-E-M-I-C sound.com. Thank you for tuning in.